Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-host, Daniel Quinn and Christopher Prunty. On today's episode, we are concluding our two-part series into the geodesic domes beneath the sunless skies. This series is brought to you... Oh, God damn it. I don't like brought to you because it sounds like I'm shilling for a fucking like 1980s cereal commercial. <laughs> you should just leave that in. Brought to yeah. you by NordVPN. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like I'm shilling, but I'm not. If you want to download porn safely, get NordVPN. What kind of porn requires you? <laughs> I mean, that's, Listen, that's the primary selling point. I'll have you know that that's not true porn that I download using NordVPN <laughs> is legal in the countries in which they were filmed. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. We're concluding oh, the series today. Yes, of course we are. <laughs> we're concluding our series today. It was brought to us by our listener email. And remember that if you ever want to send us an email and have us talk about one of your world building prompts, you can always email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com, or you can go ahead and shoot us a tweet over at Let's World Build. You can slide into our DMs all day long. We don't even mind. Now, uh, before we get started, we also have to acknowledge that we have two new patrons for our Patreon this week, and they are... <clears throat> I want to make sure that I'm getting this right. The Lord of all Chris's and uh, <laughs> Steph. So uh, thank you both very much for joining our patron and thank you for supporting us and the community. Uh, remember that if you want to come and chat with us as well, you can also join our discord and you can come you can become part of our community as well. But enough of the shilling. Let's get back into our setting. So the last we left off, we actually had a really interesting world that the sun was just covered up by space debris and somehow nano vampires were involved. Uh, and before we left off, we actually had uh, the twist that we have to now reconcile, which is aliens did it. Now, gentlemen, who wants to reconcile the twist of aliens did it? I just want to say that whatever we do, I don't want the aliens to be big, bad, evil things, because I feel like that's the most tired thing we could do. Daniel, I'm so glad that you said that, because my take on the twist in and of itself, I wanted to go back to Childhood's End by oh, yeah, Arthur C. Clarke. It's, yeah, classic sci-fi novel. That's what the aliens and, look like Satan, right? But they're actually good. Yeah, they, they look like Christian Satan, but they're actually <laughs> shepherds to have humanity ascend to the next yeah. level of evolution, where they basically become like spoilers for a 45-year-old book. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but they, they basically become like energy from, yeah, from yeah. here on out. So these these uh Satan-looking things are essentially eternal midwives because their species cannot in fact ascend to the energy state. Imagine if they called it eternal midwives. As opposed to childhood's end, yeah. I <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. That got, that got scraped as far as the book title. <laughs> that yeah, that was the initial title. So <laughs> it's a spinoff series, I would imagine. But no, uh, th that's kind of what I want my. Um, that's what I want my my twist or take on the twist would be is that these aliens are in fact responsible for blocking out the sun but only because their race can actually not handle the amount of sunlight 
So they're benevolent. They're trying to help humanity reach this next level, but they just couldn't take the sick UV rays, man. So they had to block out the sun. And so now they're making contact in some way. And that's where I wanted to start. I love it. That's kind of what I'm saying that they're malevolent. Uh, Are they up from the fact that they did that? Yes. Yes. Um, Or or maybe, I don't know. How do do you want to approach it then? I I imagine that if they're, if they're benevolent, then I, I, I would imagine like, Hey, sorry, we did this, but you know, well, what if you give them a good reason for doing it? Like, uh, instead of them coming here and shepherding us, what if uh, they had to leave uh, the closest star to us and evacuated here? And they're like, listen, we can't live. It's nothing personal. We're going to help you. We're going to uplift you. We're going to give you technology. But uh, we can't live with light. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. We're just going to shut that off and... Here's no. You, here's all the resources. Here's everything we have. Just please don't kick us out. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of, of us not knowing too much about it. Like I, I like everything that you've said so far. I just wonder if maybe one they've they've been here before us. Like they, and so maybe there's an event that makes them emerge, and then this whole sun thing happens. And two, like they're not like as easy to communicate as like walking up to someone and being able to have a conversation with them necessarily. Okay, I love that idea, Daniel. Just this idea that they're like buried deep within the earth. Yeah. And so when the sunlight comes out, like their auto systems come on and it's like, hey, guess what? You know, you can rise and shine because the sun is gone. Mm -hmm. Right. You could also have it be at the fact that uh, during our last episode, we said that it was a journey was kind of the story that. Yeah. uh, What if this is them coming home. Like they have the original claim to earth. Like Mm -hmm. they are, uh, I I always like the stories that say millions and millions of years ago, there was bronze age civilizations that we can't even find records of because everything was just destroyed by the ravages of time. What if even before that, like life just evolved super fast to our understanding and the uh, kind of, primordial uh, soup that we came out of was actually the destruction of our planet's first round of life. Yeah. I, I, also I am not a scientist. Like the, <laughs> yes, I, that, that is a very good point. None of us are scientists. However, I do want to, I want to harp on a point that Daniel made just now, which is that we don't know too much about them. In, in fact, like I'm starting to now think that this could be a, a classic Twilight Zone to serve man type thing, except mm-hmm. it's not actually them trying to cook us. It's like, hey, we're benevolent. Hey, we're here to help. Uh, but you actually don't know our motives very well. And then like Daniel was saying earlier, maybe there's a huge kind of uh, communication gap that we're mm-hmm. experiencing as well. Yeah, like maybe they they like act instinctually rather than through language that we understand. And so they have a, a positive intent. Um, but it's like an instinctual thing that that's tied to humanity somehow. Mm. 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 Well, gentlemen, I feel like we kind of wrapped up that twist. <laughs> so um... how do they intertwine with the nano vampires? 
Well, that is a good to step back and, like summarize what we've got on the table because I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I, I listened to that. Well, I want to say that maybe they were the ones that, seeing how they live in the darkness, maybe they're mm-hmm. the ones who gave us the therapy uh, oh, as the therapy like a gift, and we kind of didn't use it the way that they intended. But yeah. they also don't want to meddle any more than they did. I like that. Oh, maybe maybe us meddling with the therapy was them realizing that we weren't ready yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they kind of go back into sleep mode, but they're like, "But you know, we're gonna turn off the sun because, um, yeah, no, no, it's not sleep mode. It's like, hey, we're gonna put a, we're gonna put snooze on, which is like a couple hundred years." This this made me think when you said a couple hundred years snooze mode. It, so you got you were talking about like mirrors that um that were basically blocking the sun like physically like and chris was talking about these aliens have been here before um humanity was even existing so maybe like settling our world meant they have an apparatus in space that we normally couldn't detect that is able to basically shut the sun off and when they're in quote-unquote sleep mode that's really them being awake turning off the sun so that they can they can be conscious because the sun hurts them so when they first came here they turned the sun off but over time, for whatever reason, the technology turned off, and then they wakened. They um, they were had to go back underground, basically. Wow, we went full sci-fi with this really fast. So that's why the th- and the therapy, which is their their technology, must have something to do with um that process. Man, these twists keep fucking us up, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Twist. Oh man, no. In all seriousness, though, I, I do enjoy the twists because they do force us to think very differently. Yeah, because now I'm thinking like, remember the first episode I came on with the BDOs and like the big yeah. dumb objects? Like oh, I'm thinking yeah. of this big dumb object in space that we don't understand why it's blocking the sun, it's causing all this chaos, but it was their means of survival. <laughs> oh my god, it's the episode with Mr. Burns blocking out the sun. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Mr. Burns, all of them. Uh, all right, well, okay, oh if you're going to say that, then they all look like praying mantises then. Ooh, praying mantises. I like it. Yeah, they, they, they're... Oh, you know what they look like? They're like the Thrykeen from... Uh, yes. Yeah. What is that called? The something sun, burning sun, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they're all Thrykeen then, but they're massive too. Mm-hmm. Oh, huge. Like, um, yeah, like skyscraper size. Okay, not that big. I'm gonna, like, <laughs> is it smaller? Okay. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Okay, you know what? They are Thrykeen sized, but they're like... The size of the bugs from Starship Troopers. Oh, okay, yeah, that? that's a good medium. I like that. Okay. I don't want kaiju. I've done kaiju so many times already. Can they glow in the dark? Yeah. Oh, bioluminescent thriking. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Okay. You wanted to do bioluminescence since last time. <laughs> and? No, I'm just saying. I'm glad that you get to live your dreams. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Orb. I'm glad. Uh, my faction, by the way, uh, has closed up all the hoses in the earth. Um, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they are geomancers, essentially geologists who go around ensuring that nothing else will ever come from the earth ever again. So they actually have essentially sealed the planet, the earth itself from, you know, any kind of eco-terrorism. So you're not joking. So they're, <laughs> so they're like enemies of the aliens then, or do they, are they aware of the aliens? They're religious fanatics. Yes. Okay. They, they now fear the very ground they're forced to walk on. Mm-hmm. And how do they feel about the vampire situation? They don't really care because the aliens changed everything for them. Oh. In fact, they're willing to be thralls essentially to the vampiric nano lords mm-hmm. uh, because they are more afraid of these 12 foot 
15 foot bioluminescent mm. praying mantis. I feel like too the um I wonder I wonder if the the alien situation isn't well known maybe even by the vampires so like these fanatical um geomancers like they have the secret knowledge and they're playing more than one side basically. Uh yeah, I, I mean I inside baseball here. Mm-hmm. I made this faction specifically to fuck over Chris, who I knew fuck was going to play with dwarves. <laughs> um, but mostly like, this is a, this is in, in all honesty here. This is a preemptive strike to make sure that your fucking dwarves don't exist. No, it's okay. <laughs> they're magical and they're the natural enemy. They're fucking elves now. <laughs> Oh, this this setting just became Spite War 2020. <laughs> I haven't even begun to dig into the earth. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, it's not Spite War, by the way. It's Spite Fight. But, you know, that's fine. Spite Fight! Yeah, so that is actually my faction. I'm not even joking. I wanted to have a weird, like, just gonzo with it. Because, like, we are pretty grounded already. And I feel like that we often stay grounded and I just that'd be fun to go with like a weird religious organization. And, and actually the aliens totally make sense now. So that's my faction. Uh, fuck you, Chris. What's your <laughs> <laughs> Chris, tell us about your dwarves next. Oh, oh, how did you even know what I was going to bring up? That's so weird. I, mean, I know it's important to you. So, uh, so, the- so Daniel, what is your faction going to be? <laughs> the the group that I was going to do was actually, if you really want to get down to it, the uh, short and sweet way of describing them were going to be uh, communist dwarven vampire hunters. Oh, boy. Oh, this this actually does work with my faction because, they, you know, like if, if I said that these fanatical geomancers are okay with becoming thrall to the vampires, then this is like the bulwark against your communism. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is people who rallied against the fact that they don't want the therapy, that they outright refuse and distrust anyone who gets the therapy or becomes a thrall of sorts. Uh, they live underneath a kind of dome and uh, a livable uh, biodome of sorts that is located since I think we were doing this on Earth or an Earth-like planet. I wanted it to be effectively like Yellowstone slash some geo- geothermal area where they can still get warmth, take of it. Uh, and I wanted them to live in uh, what would be kind of close to a caldera that's near the surface. Mm-hmm. And also playing with lava is something that I loved in Dwarf Fortress. So, Yeah, how many how many fortresses did you lose to lava, though? Oh, all of them. <laughs> you event listen you get to a point where either you die because you haven't done things with lava or you die because you did things with lava no that you also <laughs> die because you opened a portal to hell and can't close it in time but you could have prevented that portal <laughs> by filling the chamber with lava yes <laughs> yes that's what i mean like, lava is the solution and the cause of most of the problems Another great Simpsons reference there, Chris. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> think about how Marxist these dwarves really are. They're just constantly working. They're so involved with their labor. Well, yeah. And it was the fact that they want to break the hold that the uh, 
vampire or the uh, therapied people have over everything, and they are doing it at a detriment to themselves because mm. they can't go at they can't like live in the dark. They're not immortal. They're still susceptible to disease and all of the other things that you would get from not having therapy. But they kind of uh, almost in a religious way seek out those who are uh, transformed and hunt them. They are effectively hunters. And I wanted, while I did say where they were, they do want to be somewhat secretive. That is kind of like their home base area. Uh, I originally named them uh, the Vulgate because uh, they are waiting for the, the new dawn, as it were. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that there's two factions, one that serve the vampires and the other one that's opposed to them. I'm actually really relieved because my conflict is also related to Chris's faction. My, my entire setup and premise has just him. been like predicated. I did not know if Chris was actually going with dwarves. I'm so glad that he did because otherwise my faction and conflict would not make any sense whatsoever. Oh my God. My entire, look, this entire episode is based around me being spiteful towards dwarves. Okay. So thank you, Chris. I I couldn't have done this without you. It's okay. Um, My entire conflict is to fight the fact that dwarves have a place in this setting. (laughs) Uh man, my conflict was me literally trying to seal your cities and suffocating your entire populace. So you that's totally genocide. Dwarven Not genocide. genocide. This is Dwarven a righteous genocide. religious cause. So a dwarven you know. jihad is what you're saying. Daniel, save us from this spite fight 2020, please. <laughs> T- tell us about your faction. Um, I so I had something that was like vampire slayers, but they're as I think about, it, they're not quite. Um, essentially, we talked about how the um, vampires control genealogy by moving their memories and their, I guess, like part of their genetic code through the nano stuff to their thralls. And so that's how they live on. So um, my conflict involves like proxy wars, but I was thinking um, as if a, a, a t- instrument of those proxy wars are these um, uh, vampire hackers. And so what they do is they um, interfere with that process and corrupt genealogies. So they like, let's say one house wants to control this particular area or this particular, I don't know, like economy. And so what they do is they send their vampire hackers who either are thralls themselves who sidle up to a vampire or, you know, they like physically get in there and like hack the, the process to insert an idea or an ideal into the genealogy and then control it that way. That is, so so these are like eugenicists almost. Yes. And they they're like they're like trained by the vampires because they have the knowledge of how the process works, but they're these like kind of not assassins, but they're like agents, secret agents that go in there and fuck it up for houses they're at. They're spies and genetic saboteurs. Yes, exactly. That's so cool because I imagine that you could like you could breed in some really weird specific things mm-hmm. that like can fuck up entire vampiric genealogies, you know? Yeah. Or they like, even like, they can rewrite a memory or, um, uh, you know, a, a thought pattern that gets passed down into the genealogy. I was also thinking something as simple as like allergies. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, all it's supposed to prevent disease. Uh, if you have an autoimmune disease, I, I, I'm not a scientist. You know what? <laughs> but yeah, they right there. Make them more susceptible to things, you know. 
Uh, yeah, because that actually is. I, I like the idea of a vampire who suddenly gets sick, and then like the the actual psychological break that that might cause. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because they're uh, not they're not used to that. The whole point is the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Have either of you seen the Brandon Cronenberg movie Antiviral? Yes. Okay. So Daniel, your, your stunned silence suggests that I need to recap it. Essentially, yeah. in the future, um, people can infect themselves with the viruses uh, that celebrities get, so they can make. Them yes, it's it's dude, it's so weird and amazing. It's actually okay. really cool. It's it's very Cronenberg, uh -huh. which is appropriate considering it's you know David Cronenberg's son. But still, uh, my point is is that these people get illnesses from that have been branded by celebrities to make them feel closer to the celebrity themselves. Weird. And this person is a salesman and injects people with said viruses uh, as a job. Like that's, that's wow. his whole deal. And for some reason, I'm just thinking of that. Like that is like, there's a boutique and there's like, Oh, Actually, can we take it a step further? Sure. Can we can we have it so these vampires that have nanites they want to live defective lives? Like they've given Ooh. themselves this ability to be like, I know that I could be you know like saved by by the nano machines, but I want to live in a world where I have you know like a rash occasionally or it, or, it makes know, like sense I, because I like, they're, they're, they're living forever. So they're just, they can ex have different experiences throughout it. Yeah. We're in a world where, you know, like healthcare is a given and like perfect health is the norm. The, the weird kind of counterculture slash like a gonzo experience is to yeah. get sick. Don't like how fucking that. weird would that be? That'd be that is okay. freaking. Yeah. It's, I, it's, I, it's, I, it's, I, oh, sorry. Yeah. The fact that you're also saying that it's uh, through the entire uh, line and genetics of the uh, those who underwent the therapy, you've mm -hmm. inadvertently made vampire clans that have certain characteristics. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, you're so right. We're we've just shifted from Dungeons and Dra or or not Dungeons and Dragons, but like we've basically just shifted to Vampire the Masquerade full on. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go back to cyberpunk, literally okay. and figuratively. Oh, oh, I know. We're recording this on the on the week that Cyberpunk 2020 came out, mm -hmm. and literally, Chris was still. Actually, let me go check. Steam I did right not. Now. Fuck you. Hold on. Okay, it says that he's not playing it, but I don't. Yeah, there you go. He just turned it on. There we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, so yeah, Chris is dead to us for the next until he gets bored with it. So I don't know. Depends. Uh, anyway, let, let's get back to the, let's get back to it. I apologize for that crazy tangent, but I, I do think that is a, a rather interesting idea to kind of think about for a bit. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Continue. Do you want me to test? Nope. No, you're good. Okay. Oh, you want me to do the conflict? Yeah. Uh, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can do it. I can do it. We can do it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, all right, Daniel. So why don't you go ahead and transition us out? Because I feel like once we get into conflicts, which we're about to right now, Chris and I are just going to be yelling about how dwarves suck and don't for the next 20 minutes. So I can't wait. 
<laughs> let's, yeah, let's let's go ahead and give you and your conflict the time that it deserves. I, I'm just going to I wanted to expand on um, where these vampire hackers came, what they came out of, which was this internecine warfare between the what we've established are now vampire clans that have their different ge- genetic differences, and I assume like their genealogical differences. Um, and so I, I don't I think we talked about um, maybe it wasn't in this this series of, of episodes we talked about cold war um between houses i'm not sure if it was in this one though or it was a different show but generally like obviously the the vampires can't go into all at war against each other because that would just destroy everything so instead they have to kind of um, undermine each other in different ways and so i think you know instruments like the vampire hackers is one way to do that another way uh, might be um, making their particular clan more attractive, you know, to thralls and to others because they're doing innovative things. Um, or maybe, you know, it's about who has the most intelligence about what's going on, especially given that there's a, an alien threat out there. Yeah. And I just realized that we, we've had this kind of idea that this is taking place during, you know, like the uprising of mm-hmm. the laborers compared to, or or like the lower class that is, not the nano vampire clan. Right. The context of the war between the lower class and these nano vampires then. Yes. So, well, so this is happening right when they have decided that they'll have no more of um, them kind of lording over everyone. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so the, the conflict that you have, it's, oh, oh maybe that's what happens is, the con- the cold war between the vampire clans is what starts this revolution it's it's oh, what starts okay. everything because it's it's the lower class finally sees okay the cold war has come to a boiling point and we're going to take advantage of this and we have to do it now you know like maybe they push it to open vampiric warfare and then that's when the revolution happens because they wait for a moment that they're weak, weakest to attack, essentially. Right. Like, oh, they've just uh, utilized a bunch of resources to, to fight themselves. Now, even though that, you know, they'd probably, st- or, or it would make it very difficult for them to stop fighting one another and mm-hmm. fight us at the same time. So they'd either have to choose to lose the clan war or to lose against the fight against the lower class. And I would imagine that, after hundreds of years of, you know, like the therapy that they're probably kind of arrogant and don't really look at the lower class with all too much regard. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they don't see them as a threat initially. Well, I bet that's where um, Chris's dwarves come in here too. Like, because the, the lower class might, it needs to be organized to have this kind of pointed strike. And so maybe that's the moment they see the opportunity to like attack and, you know, try and stop the therapy and altogether. Oh, oh my. All right. Uh, I, I wasn't going to use this there, this, this conflict. Like I said before, my conflict previously was just pure spite. I like the idea of discontinuing the therapy and having that be a major political talking point at some Mm. point, you know, like, because you need the therapy to live but there's got to be some conflict that exists out there that is pure anti-therapy. Mm-hmm. For my conflict, it would be a slight change to the therapy. I know that I said that uh, my guys were dead set against not doing the therapy, 
but I was thinking maybe in the essence of how much it changes your humanity. Instead, it does something a little bit more about keeping your humanity. Uh, we said that uh, they would keep around some of the thralls so that they could take possession of them. In a way, like if uh, the main person dies and he has some of his uh, therapy juice in some other vessel, he can kind of like slide into them and yeah, he's alive again, just in a new host. Yeah, that, that was Daniel's way of kind of uh, creating bloodlines and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, mine is kind of a take on that, only it's... Uh, Similar to the Slayer spirit that's in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh I wanted it to be that uh, certain beings or certain of my faction that have dedicated themselves to uh, killing uh, those, they've undergone a little bit of the therapy where they pass on their knowledge and their experience, but not their personality, to another person that is below them. So you get this one being that uh, could be augmented in such a way where he has 150 years of combat experience in killing these things. And in so he's always uploaded into a body of some person that's in the prime of their life, uh, physically fit and completely uh, like train their entire life to be the perfect vessel of the spirit. And then they get, the experience uh, put into them and suddenly they're just a killing machine. I love that. So it's like they're using the same methodology that they use for the therapy in order to like pass on the knowledge to defeat the therapy ultimately. But most importantly, not the personality. So the only thing is kind of like, I, I don't know how you compartmentalize that, but think of it being a, experience and muscle memory as mm. opposed to uh, personality. So you can master 10,000 different hand-to-hand arts and weapon tech uh, styles, but you're not taking the fact that this person really hated cheesecake. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's like the Slayer spirit is, is in them basically, but you're moving it technologically in this case. Yeah. Be- see, see when I, when I think of this, I'm not thinking of the Slayer spirit. I'm actually just thinking of the matrix. Where you're oh, just yeah. downloading, you, where you're Keanu Reeves and you're, you know, downloading Kung Fu. And then that's basically what's going on. Yes, but there's the knowledge of knowing Kung Fu. And then there's the fact of knowing different art styles and knowing when to use them. Or having done it, basically. Yeah, Because you're yeah. passing down the mimetic, like the, the, not just the information about how to, say, do the martial art, like the 12 moves in boxing, right? But you're actually passing the experience of having fought someone between people is that what you're saying that's what you mean yeah and it's also the knowledge of this is the the place where this vampire clan is uh particularly weak uh they hate when something touches them right here because they have a sensitive skin kind of thing oh could we add an alien element to this yeah like could we say that um, whether it's the therapy or whether it's the um, therapy that the dwarves use, and I'm going to call them dwarves because I know it's controversial. Um, maybe the, it's the aliens technology. Maybe their their latent memories or instinct also slides in as well. So part of the um, experience, like the, say the combat of fighting the the vampires, pass from one to the other. There's also like this underlying. Um, consciousness of the alien that's going between them as well 
Wait, when you say the consciousness of uh, the alien, what what do you mean? So it could be like prime primordial um, memory from the alien. Um, so I'm thinking like, you know, with the Slayer spirit, for example, she goes back to like, an, it's an ancestral thing. It's like really, really ancient. So maybe like there's this like droplet of the ancestral memory of the alien in both processes. So whereas my, my anti-dwarves are just like religious fanatics mm-hmm. that hate the aliens, your <laughs> dwarves are actually like, kind of related to the aliens in some way yeah yeah exactly yeah i can see that okay that's that's fair in parallels i think it works yeah all right but it means also that even the vampires have a touch of the alien in them even if they don't want to admit it because the technology they use has that that droplet in it too i feel like this is the seed that the aliens are using Mm -hmm. to create a collective consciousness yeah to bridge the gap Mm -hmm. yes yeah and so through this conflict, like, I, I think that the aliens have kind of figured out that they can't teach us to be peaceful. Mm-hmm. So they're going to trick us by having, by like essentially tricking us into warring to a peace. You know what <gasps> maybe, I mean? Maybe there's some, some flashes of memory or empathy shared between the two. So like you have like a vampire in the vampire house, right? Goes through the genealogy, goes through the therapy, but somehow he has like a, a flashback to someone in the lower class, like a dream or something he can't reconcile. That's from their point of view. And it's because the therapy is shared between both groups, whether they realize it or not through the alien consciousness. I was thinking of something even like a little bit less subtle than that, mm-hmm. but I like that idea quite a bit. Oh. I, would, I just had it in mind that it was essentially like an arms race. And so they're like, they're going to escalate and escalate to the point to the, that they have to have like a perfect soldier, which taps oh. into multiple minds all at once. Right? Oh, so in the end, they just actually make them all connected literally. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, we have to, we have to use 200 people in order to like figure this solution out. And then yeah. it's like, no, you're just creating a neuro web. I mean, both can work together. One is an inkling yeah. of the other, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like I feel like your your idea is like a precursor to exactly. the overall you know, <laughs> yeah. thought. Yeah. I could see it being uh, that since it's sharing experience without personality, it's more and more building upon uh, empathy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a way of transferring empathy, like... Gen- not genetically, but like by a technological means. And mm-hmm. would you say, Daniel, based on what you were saying, uh, that my my uh, Vulgate, not dwarves, are <laughs> natural engineers? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, that yeah. not only are they natural engineers, but I'd say are they like smiths of emotion? Oh, that, that, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, they they hammer <laughs> out on the anvil of knowledge. The um. The, the emotional intelligence between the two peoples. I like that. <laughs> Rob is I feel like Rob is currently running to my apartment to punch me. <laughs> With a knife. <laughs> no, that's called stabbing. <laughs> Rob? Is he dead? I don't need to run. I have a car now. <laughs> the range is just building. <sighs> Luckily, I know the route that Chris takes to walk home every night. And... Well, I did post that and show you step by step where I was. Yeah, that was a mistake in hindsight. <laughs> if 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 there is a hit and run, um, I'm just gonna have to delete this podcast. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, 
Not just this episode, just everything. All of, all all of it gets burned. Oh man, I hope Zencaster doesn't keep a record of the, this conversation regardless. Chris, you got your dwarves and I got my aph- aphid milk, finally. Wait. <sighs> <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> well, I mean, what are we going to ruin next, though? Like, I, I feel like we got to come up with something next. Actually, the aphid milk, I really don't mind because at least it's kind of interesting. Dwarves are never interesting. Even when they're Vulgate, they're not interesting. Vulgate, by the way, Chris, too close to Colgate. You're bad at no, 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 it's not Colgate. Oh, fuck. That's, wait, that's why Colgate's called Colgate because it's bright. It's bright. Uh, I've been waiting to bring that one up to you, but yeah, you're just bad at naming things, bro. Uh, no, I'm great at naming things. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, if your guys are named the 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 Vulgate, I guess my bad guys are the Schmentadent, or maybe the Schmarmenhammer. Oh, I thought um, you would go off a play on words of plaque. Also, is uh, it so? Isn't it no, pronounced? I just want to name that after toothpaste. Uh, what's it, that? Is it Vulgat? No, he said Vulgate. I know, but it's Latin, oh. right? Like, yeah. Vulgate. Oh, are you correcting me on Latin? I'm just trying to see, like, okay. Vulgate. Yeah, it's Vulgate. You're right. I, I, oh, oh, I got there it go. right. Wow. Look at yeah, me. You're speaking a dead language better than I speak English. Vulgate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? I, I'm going to blame the last two series just devolving into madness on <laughs> 2020. Because I sincerely believe the like between this and the Zelda episode, we've just been out of our fucking minds lately, and I'm with it. I'm I'm totally okay with that. We're professionals. Um, <laughs> God damn it, you guys. Yeah, I mean, 2020 has been the longest decade of my life. Yes, I agree entirely. Someone oh, brought up the fucking forest fires in World War Three, and I was just like, oh yeah, that was earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, um, this is going to be our last regular series of the year. Uh, so thanks so much for listening. But we're not done yet. We still got to get to the plot hooks. I just wanted to say thank you for listening for all of 2020 and getting through it with us together. Sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Because, man, it's been fucking shitty. Oh, I have I have an unrelated question, Chris. Um, since you've been playing Cyberpunk, um, the game. Go on. Um, have you encountered any of the glitching penises yet? No, and I think that's partially because I picked the smallest penis size you can. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Tr- trying to live how the un- trying to understand how the other half lives. <laughs> I just wanted to see if anyone would comment on it too. <laughs> they haven't yet. No, no one's I commented mean, on my penis. Is it often in the game that you're like having a conversation with your pants off? No, no, it's oh, not. That's probably why. You're you're beginning to understand what it's like to live with a not enormous penis. No one ever remarks about it unless it's massive. Good God, yes. no one is talking about my penis. <laughs> I don't understand. It's it's usually the conversation the moment I walk into a room. Uh, it certainly was when we met again. So oh. shake. I got a good firm hand grip on it. I'm just saying. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah. Oh, this is still recording. I, like that. <laughs> I hope all of that gets in there. Uh, that yeah, see, that's something you don't have to worry about when you have a small penis. <laughs> Wait, get it? Was that, get it? Was that the? In, that was what a did joke. you? 
What did Daniel say? Daniel said, I hope that all gets in there. Yeah! <laughs> oh, uh, you don't have to worry about that. I've never had to worry about that in my life. Oh my God. Take that, Chris. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jesus Christ, guys. We. <laughs> Oh my god, this episode is such a fantastic. <laughs> we did all right, all our conflicts? I think we did. Our conflicts are done and over, whatever. Who fucking cares? <laughs> We're going into the Fuck. plot hooks. These are the plot hooks. We're going to create a genre and then we're going to go ahead and figure out how it works in the world. Rolling the die now. Hope we get romance. Six. It's a superhero. How do we roll this into a superhero oh, genre? Go. I feel like it's always superheroes. Fucking hate superheroes. Superheroes are great. Shut the fuck up. Well, you know what? My Slayer spirit. Boom. Just give that some cybernetic augments and some sweet plate mail. Superhero. And we do have aliens, so we are really close to like superheroes right out the gate. I mean, I was thinking like Watchmen esque. You know, if you're gonna go superheroes, like have it be gritty and realistic almost. Mm-hmm. Cause, and then you've got like haunted people haunted by these aliens. Maybe the aliens are like, Oh, you know what? We could do the boys pretty easily because you could take those, those like super soldiers that the, the geneticists make that serve the vampires and then make them public figures and make them like superheroes essentially. And then from there, you just have the boys where they're all terrible, terrible people. Okay. And I could see um, maybe the alien stuff is um, like their kryptonite too. All right. Next, next on the plot hook, we got modern day. Um, um, uh, I'm going to re-roll that because. <laughs> well, what? Because what? yes. Uh, all right. Hold on. We're going to. God damn it, stop rolling the same thing! See, this is the problem, is there's certain numbers that are just more common. There we go. No, I just rolled six, four, six, four, and then six. And I now I just rolled a one, which is science fiction. Okay. That's what this is. Well, no, I know that we're already in science fiction, but I feel oh. like that we can go and get even further with it. Because okay. now we can either go one of two directions, right? We can go full space opera where alien ships start to come in and now there's a big intergalactic war or for you guys we can go federation where the aliens that have been implanted in the earth this entire time have been shepherding us to uh the ability to or, or the point in time where we can actually join the federation this is like an accelerant you know like to like oh we recognize this is a, a carbon-based life form that can actually join our collective. We're going to shoot these, you know, like alien seeds into the planet to make to make it so they can get to join us faster. I like that. It makes me think of um, my fa- one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Um, well, my favorite Discovery sci-fi movies is um, Contact with Jodie Foster, where she has to like meet this network of aliens at the end. So I wonder if like um, the ascended uh, people, the ascended vampire, and the uh, I don't know the ascended slayer spirit, a Vulgate character, like they're the ones who bridge the 
you know, cross the threshold to meet this quote unquote federation that's out there. Part of me kind of likes this idea that that's actually like all of that, like the war and everything like that is actually mm-hmm. just background yeah. for a group of underground scientists who are desperately trying to like escape this sunless world. Like they see it as like a hellscape. Mm. And so they, them reaching out to this collective is like kind of the story that's going on for them. They are, yeah, they're in the movie contact where they're desperately trying to reach them. And all the other stuff is just like, you know, background. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry. No, I like that. It's kind of like the war is amping, amping up. There's just a uh, kind of trench warfare slash uh, battles going on everywhere. And this group or another group is like, we need to get off. We need to put aside our differences, forget about all these petty squabbles. And how come no one's asking about, you know, where this technology came from? Where, like, what's going on in the greater universe? Instead, we're just caring about what's going on on this one little planet when right. in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. I mean, it could very well be that, like, there are other, these these beings, maybe they're not even aliens, maybe they're, like, alien technology, and they're on every planet, and it's a matter of finding the door in your planet to, you know, progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down with this. That's, that's very cool. And finally, we have a six. A six. Well, a six. A five. There we go. Thank God. And finally, we have a romance. So oh. we could do the easiest thing in the world. Is it Slayer Vampire? No. Well, yes. it, it's Romeo and Juliet. So yes, it was uh-huh. basically going to be that, you know? Yeah. Chris, hold on. I know that I made my faction, my conflict, specifically to fuck with you. Um, but I feel like if we're using romance, then... There's going to be some kind of forbidden love between my crazy geologist and your, <laughs> and your dwarf. Jesus. So I mean, that's, that's that's just Spike and Buffy. Oh God. Or I would prefer Angel and Buffy, but yeah. you know, oh, that's not the cool. I uh, yeah, I'm into Spike and Buffy. That's my that's my pairing. I just like David Boreanaz. Okay. Can okay, I just be, like be, David be, Boreanaz? What if it was a uh, one of those vampire or uh, therapy lords? Therapy lords sound weird. Therapy but, uh, <laughs> um, Shut the fuck up. Nothing else matters. Therapy lord is so good. Listen. <laughs> therapy lord. Um, to be fair, you need a therapy lord after all the fucking... After all of the worlds that we've built together, we've learned so much from you about how you want to fuck your ghost mom. No, no, you're not (laughs) saying that. I'll have you know I now have co-workers listening to this. (laughs) And I have recently learned shame. (laughs) But um, what was I saying? What if it was a uh, therapy lord, own it, uh, who fell in love with his thrall and in a sense mm. when he took him over he then has like a, a narcissist uh fell in love with himself yeah also like, uh, like narcissist that is yeah oh, that's personality like he created a division in his head you know that that's actually a really interesting idea chris great job like yeah that's he fall, like he can only be like he only chooses thralls that he falls in love with so he's basically like auto what what is it like 
they they want to fuck themselves. It's like a medical condition. Oh, that's messed up. I love just. Oh my Wait, god. Wait, that's a real medical condition. Yeah, where they where they literally like they physically are in love with themselves and they want to. It's fuck not auto erotic. No, no, that's that's the other thing you do. Um, <laughs> just said coworkers listen to this. God. Yeah, and and I said you need to go to a therapy lord. What's your point? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man all right we're, we're gonna end it there because we're clearly just 2020 has finally cracked the shell in our fucking collective consciousness here uh, well i hope you enjoyed this episode and uh again thank you so much to austin for suggesting the episode premise it's been really fun i hope that you've enjoyed it as much as we have because man it's been a hell of a ride uh, remember that if you want to send your own premise to us, you can email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com, or you can go ahead and shoot us a DM or an open face tweet over at Let's World Build on Twitter. Alternatively, if you just want to come hang out with us, you can go ahead and join us on our Discord. Or if you're feeling super cool and super generous, you can always give money to us on Patreon. Links for those in the description. Give us money, please. Money give. Please, money. <laughs> money now. Remember you that. NordVPN, because it is the best. We did, they're not, no, we're, we will get in trouble for that. Why? Is it because it your weird have porn? the fun yeah. that you find in Raid Shadow Legends? <laughs> Listen, if I put it out there, maybe they'll contact us. Oh, man. Like well, my pillow. Right. No, we're not taking money from my right, guys. I don't care if they. Thank you so much for listening. We love you very much. Thank you so much for getting through 2020 with us. I know it's been the longest decade of our lives and we're going to make it through next week and hopefully next year together. Mm-hmm.